On your marks! Get set! Killian. I'll be back. Only in a rerun. and the nerds who haunted themselves. I'm Sean Moraine, and in each episode I'm joined by a guest to talk about a movie they love and see where the conversation takes us from there. If you're a regular listener, thank you and welcome back to the show. And if you join us for the first time, welcome to the show and thank you for giving us a listen. Hope you enjoyed the film talk and as always, and if you feel like doing so, you can keep the conversation going in the comments on our socials, in the Am Why Not Facebook group or wherever you see this episode posted. For this episode, I'm joined by our oiled up muscle man correspondent Stacey Taylor as we discuss the 1987 Arnie sci-fi actioner, The Running Man. And now, with an advance warning on spoilers and all that introduction stuff out of the way, let's roll the trailer. In the year 2017, an innocent man accused of a crime has a choice. Hard time or prime time. Sensational. Perfect contestant. I want him. He must pay or play the running man. On your mark! I'll be back. The highest rated TV show in history. Guess they want us to stay. It's a game between life and death. Can you lift? Schwarzenegger is the running man. He's playing for a prize. The prize is his life. How about the life? The running man. Hello, Stacy. How are you? I'm not too shabby, thanks, mate. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right, thank you. How's uh? How's life treating you? Not too bad. I uh, Since we last uh, conversed on a podcast, I went and got myself a big fat nerdy tattoo. Oh, very, nice. very excited about it. I don't know if you can see it from... There you go. That turtles thing. It is isn't. It's, it's the Hamato family crest. Yes. The, uh, the 2012 animated series design specifically nice. uh, because I'm a huge nerd and I had to explain that to the tattooist who sort of gave me the kind of look that was like, didn't you say you were 37? <laughs> uh, but uh, do you know what? I don't care. I'm really happy with it. I, did, I might not have had it if I'd have known it was going to itch as much as it did. <laughs> God, it drove me mad. Absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it's stopped itching now and it's no longer a scab. So huzzah. See, I've always wanted a tattoo, but I could never settle on what I wanted. But then when I did settle on what I wanted, I wanted the Superman symbol because, you know, massive Superman fan. Of course. But then... Somebody was like, what, like John Bon Jovi? And I was like, fuck, no, you threw him that. I mean, I mean, I love Bon Jovi, but I don't want people to be like, you know, Superman fan or Bon Jovi fan? I mean, a little of both, but... Yeah. 
Yeah, I for, like I've wanted a tattoo for ages. I've got a list of things that I was going to do before I was thirty, which I made when I was twenty-four that I still haven't done even like half of the things on. Uh, and one of them was get a tattoo. And for ages, I was like, I'm going to get a Super Mario one-up mushroom on my shoulder, so that whenever anybody pats me on the shoulder, they get an extra life. Yes, I know that's weird and sad. Uh, and then I kept chickening out because I'm a big giant needle phobic wuss. Yeah, that's um, the problem. <laughs> Yeah, but then my sister messaged me the one day and she was like, I'm going to get another tattoo because she's got like a fucking thousand. I can't yeah, remember how she's got. Absolutely his, covered in them. His arm's uh, like a fucking scroll. <laughs> yeah, so she was like, I'm going to get another tattoo. Come with, come and get one with me. And I was like, but I'm scared because I was scared. Uh, but it turns out you can just buy lidocaine cream and just absolutely numb the ever-loving daylights out of your own arm and then present it to a tattooist who'll doodle on it. Uh, right. So that's what I did. And it didn't hurt at all. I felt like a right chump because I was so sweaty and I couldn't look. <laughs> I was just like pointing my arm at her like, I'm going to look over here. So scared. And then she was like, I finished and I felt like a wally. Um, <laughs> but yes, that's me. That's how my life's been. I'm telling you the tattoo news because the rest of my life has been quite dull. <laughs> well, you say that, but there was a trailer for a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film. <gasps> ah! <laughs> and a brief glimpse of the new toys as well. There was so 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 oh my god so the the trailer oh god I can't even talk about it I'm so excited I, I've watched I've seen that trailer like an inordinate number of times and great Galileo's beard it's so wonderful like I can't I can't get over I need it in my eyes now I'm so excited there's a tiny baby Donatello with one little tooth and his tiny baby glasses and I lost my mind and I can't deal with it it, it just looks so good see. I saw the trailer dropped and I was like, I'm going to watch it. And I was like, no, shit, I should wait for my youngest to come home. <laughs> and then we can watch it together. So I had to do that. So I was like, shit, but I really want to watch it. <laughs> I'd have just watched it anyway and then acted surprised later. No, no, I see. I I, I was strong. I was. I stayed strong. No, I'm a horrible person. Please tell me you thought it looked amazing otherwise. Oh, I thought it looked amazing, to... yeah. Oh, good. I might have, to, I might have had to have leave, left I'm, on another I'm excited later. for a Turtles movie again. Oh my god, I can't. This genuinely, right? If this goes well, it might be two years in a row that I've had a Ninja Turtles movie at the top of my movies of the year list. Yeah, because you had um, the Rise of the TMNT last year, yeah, which genuinely made me cry in two separate places. <laughs> I'm not okay. <laughs> See, we're gonna have to do an episode on the Turtles franchise as a whole. We've done an episode on the 1990 movie, but yeah, we might have to do one of the whole cinematic. I'm one of those weirdos that actually doesn't mind the Bay movies, so... I don't like the first Bay movie. I really enjoyed the second Bay movie. I think the turtles themselves look fucking horrible. They look awful, and I hate that Michelangelo's a pervert. Yeah. Like a full-blown pervert. And, and they've kind of made him a weird... <laughs> yeah. And Johnny uh, Knoxville's there. <laughs> uh, for whatever reason. Um, I, but I yeah, like actually, I've got like... Splinter looks like a... Slightly waxed ball sack. He's so greasy. It really is. Um, but that's not what we're here for today. But the Mutant no. Mayhem trailer genuinely made me lose my mind. I watched it like a thousand times. I sent it to everybody I knew. I text my mom Ray fucking Filet, and she was like, What does that mean? Because <laughs> Ray Filet is gonna be in this movie, and I'm going to lose my shit in the cinema I think I'm sorry I'm swearing a lot I'm very passionate about this I'm excited 
Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Turtles episode. I, tr- I try and make everything that I talk a- talk on a turtles episode. No, that's um, fine. <laughs> there are worse things it could be <laughs> diverging into. So. True. That but, is true. <laughs> but anyway, we we've got different oiled up muscly men to talk about. You like I say, you've become our go to oiled up muscly men expert. <laughs> like, I'm glad that that's in the oiled up muscly of- men move. Let's go over to our correspondent, Stacey. <laughs> I know, I know. To be fair, to be fair, they're all amazing movies. So just stop picking brilliant things with with greasy men. <laughs> I mean, you suggested it, so I just made a note of it and then came back to you with it. This is our third Schwarzenegger movie as well. I we've done honestly, Commando, Last Action Hero, and this one. Do you know what? I don't mind Last Action Hero. I, know I really a lot of like Last are. Action Hero. A lot of people aren't keen on it, but I I like that. But the Running Man is genuinely like one of my favourite films, let yeah. alone my favourite Schwarzenegger movie. Awesome. All right, so a little bit of information about the film before we get stuck into it. So, uh, directed by Paul Michael Glaser, Starsky or Hutch, I can't remember which one he was. Um, <laughs> written by Stephen E. D'Souza, uh, based on a novel by Stephen King, writer as Richard Bachman. Apparently, when they bought the rights, they didn't know it was a Stephen King book. <laughs> um, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Maria Conchita, Yafet Koto, and Richard Dawson, pretty much playing himself. <laughs> <laughs> a meaner version, allegedly. Um, <laughs> cover myself legally, I'll throw an allegedly in there somewhere. Uh, yeah. Released in cinemas on the 13th of November 1987 in the US and on the 23rd of September 1988 in the UK. We have to wait nearly a year. Can you imagine that now? <laughs> I know, that's rude. It would have been spoilt like nobody's business on Twitter. I know. <laughs> uh, gross $38,122,104 worldwide, an estimated budget of $27 million. So it didn't make a massive profit, but made a profit. Um, Roger Ebert gave the film two and a half stars out of four, saying, The Running Man is an arcade game off of the big screen, a contest in which the player is Arnold Schwarzenegger and the game keeps throwing big bruises at him. The movie's problem is that all of the action scenes are versions of the same scenario. TV host Dawson introduces Killer and his trademark weapon, electric shock, fire, chainsaw, etc., and then Schwarzenegger faces him in battle. The one element in the movie that is not standard and that does have some energy is the TV show itself, with Dawson's performance as an egotistical sleazebag host. Which is fair. Um, couldn't find a Barry Norman review for it, as seems to be the norm, because you know, in this country, for some reason, we don't archive that sort of thing. But a review in Empire, on the Empire website posted on the 1st of January 2000, so I'm guessing they just dumped all their archive on there at that point. Ian Nathan gave the film four stars out of five. So I, it's Ian Nathan, so I'm not sure if that would have been around the time the film... I don't think Empire was around in... Eight, uh, it's not 88 or 89 Empire. Anyway... <laughs> Don't look at me. I Empire don't liked it. <laughs> Empire liked it. So, yeah. So, The Running Man. The uh, Running Man. What are your memories of first seeing it? Oh, gosh. So, I grew up in a household that was a four-bedroom house with about nine people crammed in it. Um, so, movie nights in that house were very much sort of like, what's the movie that Grandad will sit through? <laughs> because if Grandad won't sit through it, then we're going to have a shit time where everybody's cross at one another. So uh, we watched a lot of 
action movies. Our house was just jammed full of Schwarzeneggers and Stallones and diehards. <laughs> uh, occasionally, we might be able to sneak a little bit of fantasy in there if it was violent enough, like a bit of a willow or something. But um, yeah, like... <laughs> so that that's pretty much all we ever watched. And uh, I remember the first time I saw The Running Man, I, was, I almost lost my damn mind. Like, what a weird movie it is. <laughs> it's so brilliant. Like, it doesn't make any real sense, really. But also, at the same time, you just get so engrossed in, like, how it how it's all happening and how it works. And, like, I don't know, Schwarzenegger's a bit crap, but also amazing. <laughs> just... Yeah, this this is early Schwarzenegger, so he's not... Mm. He has some amazing lines in it, though. One, we'll come to my favourite later on. And it's, <laughs> it's not any of the ones that I think people will expect. Um mm. But yeah, I mean, for me, this always seemed to be on... When you talk about Saturday night movies, was this, Predator, Aliens, always seemed to be mm. on heavy rotation on ITV. So I think that's where I saw Running Man. And you go to the video shop and all the Arnold Schwarzenegger's movies are pretty much the same cover. It was him yeah. with Schwarzenegger repeated and then the title of the film, really small. <laughs> yeah, teeny-weeny. Yeah, we, um, I think we, we got this from our local video store i was going to say blockbuster but i don't think we had one of those near us because we were in a little a little wee suburb of birmingham um but we used to get this from the video shop this and weirdly one particular spider-man animated vhs that we rented out so much they just sold it to us in the end <laughs> they're like just keep just keep it there's no there's no point in bringing it back this is getting silly that one um, is ones where they put like three episodes on it and then called it like spider-man daredevil and yeah, and it's like just three completely incongruous episodes that aren't anywhere near each other in the actual run of the show, and you just <laughs> don't even know what you're looking at, really. Yeah, and they've not even um, edited them together into a movie. They just <laughs> no, not even a bit, not even a little bit. Um, don't know why I was so obsessed with that when I was younger, but <laughs> there we go. Always we used to rent the same Transformers show. video, so That's I don't know it. if that was deliberate or if my dad was just like, I honestly can't remember. They all look the same, so we'll just get this one again. <laughs> So you've got Transformers blindness. <laughs> um, yeah, like this was this was like a big favourite in our house because everybody in the family likes this movie. So this would be like a frequent Saturday night, get the popcorn out. And it was like especially cool for me because I think I was a bit too young to watch it really one of the first time I saw it, uh, which made me feel cool and edgy. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, when you're like 11 and you watch a movie that's a 15 and you think you're yeah, the best thing since sliced bread. <laughs> Well, it was that for me, and it always used to start at about nine o'clock, I think. So, I mean, we were staying up till like 11. Yeah. Which you're like, I'm fucking grown up now. I'm staying up oh, till such 11. A bad boy. <laughs> such a bad boy. to school on Monday, stayed up till 11 on Saturday night. Like, yeah, we stayed up till <laughs> one. Fuck off, you prick. Yeah. Who do you think you are? All right. <laughs> you're watch the Schwarzenegger movie, so off you fuck. Oh, mate, this movie, though. Like, this and uh, and Total Recall were the two big ones because my granddad really liked Total Recall. Uh, so they, they were the two, like, Saturday night go-to Schwarzeneggers. <laughs> yeah, because I think I used to get the beginnings mixed up because they're pretty similar because he's working in a quarry pretty much. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did he look good with a beard? Yes. Doesn't he look good Better with a than he beard? looks with his little moustache in the uh, police photo. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I I I realise that a lot of the time that I've been on this podcast, I have just been sort of ravenously drooling over men, but he does look really good with a beard. He does. So 
I just had to bring it up. I'm sorry for objectifying a hairy-faced man. Um, <laughs> and manages to keep his physique in a dystopian prison-type scenario. Well, to be fair, he was, you know, working in a quarry. So I feel like if you, if you, I cannot but feel though that they're not nourishing him properly food-wise. Um, I suppose. But That's I what like always bothered me are... about Jai Courtney as um, Kyle Reese in whichever Terminator film he was in. Oh, Michael yeah. Bean looked like you know he was fit, but he also looked like he was struggling for food. Jai Courtney looked like he was like you know eating well, living a life. Yeah, I'm. I don't like most of the Terminator movies. <laughs> After like T two, nah, trouble is. Just... T2 ends perfectly. It's the same thing with Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones ends perfectly in the third one. Anything else after that is a footnote. The fifth one does look quite good, though, trailer-wise. But always pulling a face. My problem, I've said it before elsewhere, my thing with Indiana Jones is he belongs in the 30s. Okay. The more you take him out of the 30s, the less it feels. It loses that Indiana Jones magic for me. Mm, I didn't hate Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, but it's like it feels out of time now. Yeah, it loses that sort of like pulpy adventure essence. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be like taking the mummy and then setting it in present day and putting Tom Cruise in it. For example. Surprisingly (laughs) enough, haven't seen that film. I I have, and I didn't hate it. It wasn't good, but I was like, this isn't anywhere near as bad as everybody said it was. It probably is, but I I just lowered those expectations so much. I think for the reason I didn't go and see it was because purely I just thought this is going to be fine and I, I can't be bothered with fine. I want yeah. someone to blow my socks off. And so, yeah, didn't go and see that. And then that whole universe just didn't really take off anyway, did it? Well, no, it died on its ass straight away. It's it's almost <sighs> like setting up a universe and then trying to run before you can walk is a, a bad idea. <laughs> no, who, who would have thought? Who would have thought? <laughs> Everybody wants that Marvel magic. Even Marvel, mate. But what? Again, can't say things like that. Meow. Saucer <laughs> of milk, table two. <laughs> They're fine. They do what they do. Yeah, it's, it's fine. As long as they keep churning out really good Spider-Man movies, I'm all right with it. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, <laughs> the Running Man. <laughs> the Running Man. The yeah, Running I mean, Man. I do love that this starts with that old TriStar logo as well. I was like, ooh, nostalgia. I, uh, one, of, one of the first notes I wrote down, which I, I realised as I wrote it was a really weird note, but I love the font that they use in this movie for like pretty much anything in terms like that weird sort of uh, 80s-style futuristic <laughs> computer font. It's kind of like, we want to do the Terminator font, but don't make it look like the Terminator font, but do but make not- it look like the Terminator font. Mm-hmm. But we don't want to get sued, but <laughs> it's the Terminator font, like yeah, TM'd. <laughs> <laughs> but I do love those game show style opening credits before the actual mm. names start rolling. You get the, you know, name such and such production, and then yeah. you get like the Krypton factor, but more futuristic. One of my favourite things about this film is that it starts with a little um, sort of like crawl, little little opening crawl of like. Here's the setup for this, because one of my least favourite things in films is when films spend a billion years setting things up. So by the time they start paying off, you're bored out of your gosh darn mind. (laughs) Um, This one very much took the Robocop approach, didn't it? Of just brief little TV infomercials. 
this is where we're living. This is this is the land we're living in. It's t- it's 2017. Everything's gone to shit. D- don't even worry about it. Here we go. <laughs> so you're like, okay, cool, right? I know where this is going now. Great. And then the rest of the movie, like zero flab. It just movies at you for like almost two hours and uh, and doesn't ever really let up. And uh, and I think that's great because I feel like if they made the Running Man now. Uh, it would definitely be too long. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we'll come on to that later because there is a remake in the works, but... Okay, well, if we're going to come on to that later. A re-adaptation, but yeah, we'll, we'll come on to that later. I have got a note for it. Um, okay. Because, again, I always like to ask about sequels and remakes anyway, so mm. as a generic question to end on. Um, I think before I dive too much into the film, um, in, in his book... Total Recall, which is a reference to something I don't get. Uh, Schwarzenegger's pretty shitty about not being happy with the film. Well, he's not shitty, to be fair. Um, oh, apparently, he, he went off. He's not happy with the direction because they brought in Starsky and or Hutch. Uh, <laughs> who used Starsky? Yeah, I think they had Andrew Davis attached to direct it, who he then later went on to work with on Collateral Damage in the early 2000s. Um, that post 9-11 Arnie versus terrorists movie, oh. which I watched the other day and it's actually not that bad. I've never seen it. <laughs> that can um, go on the never seen list. But yeah, he went off to do, I think he was like a guest judge on a bodybuilding contest or something. And while he was away, they fired Andrew Davis and then brought in Starsky. And um, he didn't get any real time to prepare and Schwarzenegger was like, thought it was a mistake. I've got the book, like I'm going to read it, and then I can't actually find the book. <laughs> uh, I can't find his quote, but yeah, he was like, it felt like a TV direction gig rather than a movie direction gig, and they didn't give him the time to prepare for it, so he just did what he did from knowing from directing TV. And I can kind of see that. You look at that helicopter scene, it's like, this feels like it's... like you Yeah. Know, on a soundstage... Really bad rear projection. <laughs> Shitty I acting of... from the extras. Shitty acting from Arnie, to be fair. Yeah, I was going to say. I, I get I the feeling of, uh... Arnie was not feeling that scene at all. Phoning it in, mate. Phoning it in. I uh, the the I sort of think that gives it a bit of a charm, though, if I'm honest. like I, I think like the whole it later film... for the TV stuff. I think it works really yeah. well there. Like, I mean, it's, it is mainly that helicopter scene that really sticks out. Like They did it as an afterthought. Which I know they clearly couldn't have done because it's a key part of the film. Yeah. Even though when they show the clips later, he uses completely different dialogue. Shh. No, he doesn't. He didn't notice that. He didn't notice it. Oh, it didn't happen. There's mistakes to notice. Like um, Dynamo clearly saying or singing something as he's walking towards them. Oh, yeah. But uh, nothing's coming out. <laughs> I always find that interesting in films when they... Um, and TV shows, actually, when they blatantly, like, you know, like ADR stuff in yeah. later or move stuff out. And I'm like, how have you not noticed, though, that somebody's there going, <laughs> it's just nothing, nothing's coming out. It's it, so bizarre. It makes you feel like you've gone a bit insane. It's like TV and gaslight. After the fight with Cassandra's dad. Because <laughs> they're doing it badly well. dubbed, but the mouth continues to move for ages. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear 
but yeah no the um has always seemed a bit off to me because it's such a small space and they're all such big beefy dudes and they're supposed to be this sort of like you know scrambly fighting there but nobody looks like they can even grab each other properly because it's such a cramped space and then obviously there's cameras in there and like it feels like a sort of uh after shoot or like uh oh crap we've got to do this let's do it in like 10 minutes like it's it's a really odd way to sort of open a movie really it either feels like that or it was the first day (laughs) yeah and it feels it feels a little bit uncomfortable it's um have you ever actually read the story that this is based on by the way i haven't no um i always meant to but then it was one of those things like i like the film so much i don't know if i want to read the story okay well it is wildly different it wildly different I read it for the first time last year because um, every year I do a, a bookworm challenge for charity where I yeah. <laughs> sponsored readathon for a month. And last year I was like, right, I'm going to put the running man in my eyes because I love the film and I know it's different. Oh my God, it's so, so completely different. There's none of this helicopter nonsense even in the book. <laughs> but um, what I've, what I like, uh, what I appreciate about it more now is now that I've read the the story is that the film is trying to tell or focus on a different part of it than the book is, because the book is very much about um, capitalism and poverty and the the desperate lengths that people will go to for their loved ones, whereas this film is much more about sort of like... Um, I, ha- I hate to say it because of the way this term has been used over the past few years, but, like, you know, fake news and deep fakes. And, yeah. Um, it's much more about, like the media's control over the public yeah, it's, it's weirdly present now isn't it yeah it's a little bit scary if i'm honest yeah <laughs> um but it's it's interesting to me that, that that's sort of the route they chose to go down based on the story that they had uh, but i do think i do honestly think that if they'd have made the story that was in the book with schwarzenegger it would have been a fucking disaster yeah. because it's it's a much more serious story than what they're telling in this film which which i actually think is why i sort of prefer the film because it's much more fun <laughs> yeah yeah i mean this is an immensely fun movie it's dumb oh, as fuck but it's so much fun it's it's absolute garbage but also one of the best things i've ever seen like i'm not exaggerating when i say it's genuinely one of my favorite movies and that is because sometimes you just want to put on a movie that you know is going to entertain you for like a couple of hours and that you're going to come out of it grinning from ear to ear because it's fun as fuck and uh and this is definitely one of those films for me like it's a proper comfort movie like whenever i'm feeling shitty i just put this on and i'm like yes like whenever he does that speech about ramming his fist into his stomach and breaking his goddamn spine and i'm like yes <laughs> like shaking my fist at the sky all hyped up like yes <laughs> like that's the level of enthusiasm that this movie brings out in me <laughs> it moves it's so well paced as well especially once yeah. they get into the game it really fucking moves yeah um, yeah i mean schwarzenegger's always fun to watch i think that's why he's possibly had a better career than any of the others. Mm. Possibly, maybe Stallone's on a par with him career-wise, and Bruce Willis up to a point. But a lot of them, Yvan Dams, all those ones, eventually all slipped into those straight to DVD, low rent action movies. Yeah, and Arnold, pretty much all his films had cinema releases. Possibly a few of the more recent ones where he's gone a bit more arty with like whatever the one where his daughter was a zombie. 
Um, oh, I forgot about that. Forgot that um, existed. It's a uh, yeah. It seems to have had a better career longevity than, like I say, Stallone sort of with the revitalization of Rocky and Rambo, maybe mm. as well. And obviously Bruce Willis, we know now why he was doing so many of those. Yeah. Days work on a shitty straight to DVD movie. Mm. Kind of things. Um, and again, I'm not having to go at any of them who do do it. At least Van Damme and Sagan <laughs> and that are still working. Like I was going to say, but <laughs> if I was if I was any level of famous, I don't think I'd be that fussy over what I was doing as long as it was bringing in me some dosh. <laughs> yeah, once people like, like once people I've like no morals. <laughs> Once they're going, yeah, you're not really putting the crowd in the cinema anymore, so do you want to do Universal Soldier Fire? I'm like, fuck yes. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sign me up, mate. I'll, I'll do it. It's I'll be like, how much money's in the bank and what have I bought recently? It's like, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> no retreat, no surrender, 63. I'm on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. My sister loved No Retreat, No Surrender. What movie? <laughs> seen that too many times because of that. <laughs> that late 80s, early 90s period of, like, you know, Seagal, Van Damme, Schwarzenegger, mm. Stallone, just gloriously shit movies, but but so much fun. But so much fun. So much fun. The, the, one of the one of the great things about this film is the writing because there are so many lines that are like a imminently quotable, but also b genuinely don't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, but yet they're still very. <laughs> so like, I know you were saying earlier that there's a line that you love that's probably not one of the like main ones that people pick out, but like. The, the handful of put some of the puns that I genuinely enjoy. So after he uh, does his little helicopter stunt and some poor army bloke has to try and detain the absolute unit that is Schwarzenegger in a helicopter and he gets uh, put into, you know, his big quarry prison thing. Um, they do a prison break, which is great. And there's a bit where he just sort of picks a guy up and throws him and says, oh, do you need a lift? <laughs> which, that which prison is so... break, yeah, that whole prison break's great. That prison setup of having like a shitty desk in the middle of the floor where all the prisoners are walking by and can just casually look over their shoulder and see what's that what. dude is not subtle at all. He's straight <laughs> up just, link, just but right by the guy's shoulder staring at that code. And the, and the prison guard's like, Jog on, mate. <laughs> it doesn't even seem to care. that, And it's such a big, massive code on the screen. It's not even trying to be hidden. I love that about it. Like, yeah, the... um, the, I think the thing about this film that I find really interesting is that whilst it is really stupid, it also does have some moments where you're like, oh, no, like where you genuinely feel, like, bad for people. Yeah. And during that prison break, when that one guy is just, like, absolutely cheesing it, but they haven't actually figured out the code properly yet. Oh, what, Chico. That, oh, God. What, uh, the, what's the name of the uh, the nerd in it? I forgot, I've totally forgot oh, his character name. he is uh, Weiss. Weiss, yes. He, when he's trying to put that code in, like that really cracks me up because all he has to do is type in a code and yet somehow it isn't working. <laughs> and, and like I know there's like apparently another soldier trying to like do a hack from over there. Yeah, uh, but, the fucker. <laughs> Well, they do eventually, but I know, only but after. I think it's after Chico's death. <laughs> only after Chico's head's exploded. But yeah, when his head explodes, I was like, "Damn, this movie ain't playing." <laughs> no, it's like the Rucker Harrow film Wedlock. <laughs> Never seen it. I don't. I don't understand that reference. I'm sorry. I've seen it once. It's basically they've got those things around their necks, 
and you're mm. paired up and if you get so far away from the person you're paired with then you he- both your heads explode well that's awful <laughs> there's, there's a great bit in it where they're on the run but she's on the bus and he's got to run behind it and try and keep within the distance oh i would have absolutely died that at that because i do not have the cardio for chasing a bus around <laughs> Wedlock's one of those films that I saw as a teenager once and have fond memories of it, but I've never seen it since and wonder whether it would actually live up to... Yeah, you're a bit scared of uh, <laughs> breaking those rose-tinted glasses. It's why I won't rewatch The Goonies. It's like, it was perfect in my childhood, I don't want to know. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be honest, I think The Goonies still stands up, but um, maybe that's just me because I'm a bit of a <laughs> child trapped in a 37-year-old woman's body. So. <laughs> <laughs> um but the the with the running man like the prison break is great but some of the other lines in it as well like my favorite one that i think is so nonsensical but i cannot help but like burst out laughing is is when he kills sub-zero and he <laughs> says here is sub-zero now plane zero what uh, does that mean <laughs> I, I wrote that one down I love that. What on earth does that mean? Plain zero. I don't know what he's dead. It's fine. You don't have to come up with a quip. He's going to do it anyway. Um, some of my other favourites is uh, Hey Lighthead, Hey Christmas Tree. Yeah. <laughs> when he's addressing Dynamo. <laughs> right. My my favourite uh, is when Amber says to him, "Me and my big mouth. We should have taken that trip to Hawaii." I had the shirt for it, but you fucked it up. He delivers that line perfectly. It's fucking hilarious. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. To be fair, she did fuck that up. She did. She fucked that right up. Yeah. Do we think they actually um... shot those two people working at the airport for the story, or do you reckon they just... Well, so I was wondering about this, because, like, obviously one of the big sort of themes of this this film is the idea of, like, you know, doctored footage and whatever to um, frame people or... Uh, cover stuff up or whatever um and the (laughs) the the thing the thing about that is that it could be just generic footage from like any old shooting ever but then every single person that was at the (laughs) the airport would be like that didn't happen (laughs) well yeah that's what i get because everybody saw that ticket guy just waving through yeah uh so so I feel like, yeah, they probably did have to shoot some people, but I don't know how they would have staged it to make it look like Arnie did it. Because Ben Richards was chipping it across that airport. <laughs> he ain't got no time to stop and shoot I, I love the long shots. He really looks like he's going for it running, but then on the close-up of Arnie, it's just like... Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> and he looks so long. It's like when he's chasing Jenny at the beginning of Commando. One of my favourite things about Arnie, and I may have said this when we were talking about Commando, is that he's clearly a guy who, because he's not he's not really an actor, so he doesn't have any qualms about pulling just awful, ridiculous faces. You know how, like, uh, everybody took the piss out of Tobey Maguire for crying like a normal human person in a, yeah. in a Spider-Man movie? That's what you look like when you cry. Like, I don't... <laughs> I don't know about everybody else that was taking the piss out of him, but I've never once cried and thought, "Cor, I look beautiful right now." <laughs> like ev- every time I've had a cry, if I've caught wind of myself in any reflective surface, I've been like, "What a fucking lumpy disaster!" Because because <laughs> you don't look like a normal human being when you cry, and you look like your face is leaking garbage. It just it's awful. And so I think a lot of actors like steer clear of like 
genuinely pulling faces that that normal human people would make because that's another thing I've learned in this uh, this teams and zoom era of our lives is that I pull a lot of faces I'd never realized I was pulling <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I didn't quite realize how uh, how ridiculous my face genuinely is I find it very distracting when I'm on calls at work because I'm like why am I doing that with my face <laughs> Um, I have to not look at myself when I'm on video calls. <laughs> I tr- I have to try really hard not to because I'm but like one eye always doing? calls to it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what is my fringe doing? Why is my eyebrow doing that? Why does my mouth keep going like this? Why have I got sometimes seven chins and sometimes no chins? Like it's just truly a baffling experience to be human. Um, but that's what I love about Arnie is that like when he's running, he looks like a man who's having a hard time running for his life. <laughs> <laughs> Like, he doesn't look like somebody, like, completely put together running across a film set. Like, he looks like a man who thinks he's going to die. <laughs> it's brilliant. Uh, and sometimes I actually think it's better to, like, not be so honed in on the acting of it and just be, like, really genuinely in that moment. And I think he is to a, to an extent sometimes. He looks like how we all look when we run. I know in our heads we think we're, like... <laughs> And an episode of Baywatch running through the fucking surf, fucking yeah, slow mo like, and looking badass as fuck. When in actual fact, it's like Aah! you're a red faced, sweaty, gurning mess yeah. is what you are, and <laughs> and I I appreciate that level of uh, actual human behaviour <laughs> uh, from Arnie in this movie because he d- he does it a lot. There's like bits, you know, bits when he's fighting when it looks like he's having like a real hard time with constipation or something. <laughs> he's so red and he's like. And you're just like, look, he's really giving this some flipping welly. I love it. I love it. And Even though his line delivery is genuinely quite terrible for the most part. Like, except for that, I had the shirt for it, but you fucked it up. He delivers yeah, that, that line perfectly. That that was like, that should be in his Oscar reel. One of my favourite lines as well, and it's another one that's really stupid. I've got a thing. This is very silly. I've got a thing that I really enjoy, which is when somebody says to a character something and then that character will come back by saying like oh I'll do that to you where it doesn't make any sense yeah. so like as an example of it like there's an episode of the Simpsons where like Lisa says she needs to practice her saxophone and Homer goes oh, I'll practice you and it doesn't make any sense it's very funny and I love threats like that and there's one in this film where I think Weiss is talking about um you know uh, going into the underground and, and getting the uplink for this satellite and Arnie says I'll uplink your ass and you'll be underground and I'm like <laughs> so so st- it's like such a supremely crap comeback like I, I love whoever wrote this movie like tip of the hat to you uh so or madam because <laughs> do you need D'Souza there you go like what ridiculous lines this movie is just chocker with it's so good there's little bits in this. I, I love the fact that I can meet Mick Fleetwood's in it pretty much as himself. Mm. It's uh, I, I do like when he says to the guy, "You up there? You off the comms, Mister Spark?" And the other, "Who's Mister Spark?" <laughs> <laughs> and I love um, Richard Dawson explaining the love boat, not the love boat, um, Gilligan's Island, on the yeah. phone. <laughs> I absolutely... and I do love in the background that there's a poster for a TV program called The Hate Boat. <laughs> Do you know what? There's so many little nuggets of like future TV in this that I love. Oh, I so, love the thing about encouraging kids to grasp a member of their family. 
climbing for dollars is my favorite one where yeah. it's just somebody trying to climb a rope to get to some dollars but just being absolutely rat like just chowed down upon by some like rabid looking dobermans like, i love that they return to that program get to the bit where the dog gets him and then go to another commercial break it's so like I love, one of my favourite things about like films, especially like for I don't know why, particularly from the eighties, is like the eighties visions of the future. So they were like, this is what twenty seventeen is going to be like in this dystopian future. People are going to be willing to get mauled by dogs for a couple of quid, and we're going to be obsessed with fitness videos, and everybody's going to be awful. <laughs> to be fair, we're not far off those sort of game shows. I mean, nobody's getting mauled, I mean, but you look at what they do on, like, I'm a Celebrity and that sort of thing, you're basically watching people debase themselves for fucking money and a little well, yeah, bit of extra fame. I was thinking about this the other day when I was – it was actually just after I watched The Running Man because I'm almost certain, but I don't know if I've dreamed it because I've never actually watched it, I'm almost certain there is a show – where contestants will be given like a small amount of money and then they just have to run away and be off the grid and not get found by some people who are trying to find there's, them. There's Hunted, isn't there, on Channel 4? Is that what it's called? Okay. Is where that they've the got the press? police after them. Where you're like, why don't you just go and fucking hide in a tent on a hill for fucking two weeks? Because cause the actual story of The Running Man, the show isn't like a game show that where, you know, you go into a specific arena and there's quadrants. You get given the entire world and they're like the the chasers are just going to come after you so well, yeah, you can go anywhere. Le- <laughs> legend has it that you know american gladiators existed because of this film mm-hmm. which i can see as, as a stretch like i mean it's yeah i mean like i said it's very robocop in places um you mentioned exercise and we've talked about arnie running but we should really talk about maria conchita's stripping down to lingerie to do exercise yeah it's a truly baffling decision but i think it's a very 80s movie trope of being like well there's a woman in this so she's got to be in her undercrackers at some point um i'm, I'm amazed she wasn't it? topless i'm not i'm not condoning that sort of thing <laughs> like an 80s action movie it doesn't ever really seem to be it's like robocop they've got unisex changing rooms just so they can get some boobs in the background yeah, you would think that they would have gone for at least like sportswear rather than just lingerie, but because the implication you know. is that she's got home, she's just got it put onto that channel, and the program started, so she's just doing it in a lingerie. Is that what we're supposed to be? Yeah, but I can tell you now, any person who's ever worn a regular old bra—I mean, sports bras aren't much better—but anybody who's ever worn a regular old bra, like the first thing you do when you walk into your house is take that fucker right the fuck off. Um, in fact. Completely oversharing space fact for you. I've given up on wearing bras because they're awful. <laughs> they're a, they're a boob prison, and I hate them. <laughs> they're an actual disaster. Um, <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, I, I would love to pre- pretend that that was like a sort of like you know, down with the patriarchy feminist statement. But what actually happened was I had a cyst on my back that was right under where my bra clasp was, and I couldn't get it fixed for like a year, so I had to stop wearing a bra, and then. <laughs> I had it fixed and the stitches came out I put a bra back on and I was like oh no what is this death contraption <laughs> and so I just didn't bother again nobody noticed for the year that I wasn't wearing one so yeah, it's <laughs> fine, okay. um no it does it is interesting in this film that there isn't like an awful lot of gratuitous lady parts just flying around <laughs> yeah. um, although I do think the dancers uh the running man dancers have very risque 
um, sort of high, high-legged leotards. Yeah, choreographed <laughs> by Paula Abdul. So the dancers, I was going to bring this up. I think the dancers are truly a sight to behold because yes i understand the idea of like having a bit of audience you know participation entertainmenty stuff between you know when you're setting up the setting up the rest of the show i mean i've been to see gladiators get recorded live at the nia in birmingham back when it was still the nia and like the amount of time it takes them to like actually set up a lot of the events there's so much like oh here's a cheerleading team just to entertain you for a bit so like the idea of the dancers being there, I totally get. But what I love about them is the way they keep trying to sort of like insert them into the rest of the show. So like when Ben Richards comes out and he's in his like jumpsuit and all the guards are like walking him up to the little uh, terrifying tube of nightmare whooshing uh, that he's going to get shoved down later. Like all of the dancers are just sort of going up to him and just like draping a leg on his yeah. shoulder <laughs> or like, like drizzling themselves down, the, down his arm or something. And he's just looking at them like, what is, what is this now? <laughs> and I, I love that because I'm like, there's absolutely no need for this. And he is, from, from what those dancers know, like an awful, awful person who kills a load of innocent people. And they're well, yeah, just I'm like, amazed that lawyer turns his press. back on him. <laughs> yeah, it's like, let me let me just press my boobs on you. What are you, why? <laughs> that's, that's not the best thing, though. I love the in-memoriam bit that has a dance the routine in, to it. The in-memoriam dance <laughs> is so good. Like, the, the idea that they've practised this in the past, right, that even though it, it, it seems like nobody's ever killed one of the stalkers before but they've got just in case an in memoriam dance and some in memoriam uh outfits for them to squ- squiggle around in it's so, the bit as well where the voiceover is saying like as patriots they died as the ladies are like open-legged squadging themselves down onto the floor <laughs> like it's just truly a sight to behold to be fair uh, that's pretty much on my funeral to go so <laughs> I've already told people that I want my funeral to be a really big celebration. Um and also that I want I want somebody to uh to well cuz I like do you know what let's not talk about this it's really depressing. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about how great uh Killian is cuz he is Oh he's amazing. Like just such a committed to the beat asshole. <laughs> It's like the bit with the cleaner, he's so charming to him. And then he's fucking, once he's in the elevator, he's like, if he's mopping the floor tomorrow, you'll be doing it for the rest of the week. Yeah, it's it's so like... It's like it wasn't even the cleaner's fault. You trod on his mop, you asshole. It's, he's, he's got that perfect level of like two-faced charm where like when he's talking to the audience members he's so like everybody everybody's friend Killian but then when he's backstage he's just like who can I get who's going to do a real good murder because that's what I want (laughs) (laughs) just like he's so good like I can't stress forget it Killian I won't do it it's not a request moron it's an order I don't need this crap I, I was killing guys like this 10 years ago with my bare hands. I'm not going for any of these tricks. This is a sport of death and honor. 
code of the gladiators. Cap, will you spare me the combat zen speech? What the hell's the matter with you? Can't you see what's going on out there? This isn't a game. They're betting on Richards up there. Get out of here. Get him out of here. What's the matter? Steroids make you deaf? Get him out of here now. Hey, like, I think that might be genuinely perfect casting. Which the um, fact they got, because it's was it Family Feud he hosted in America? They got an actual game show host to play him. Yeah. Genius idea. <laughs> yeah, it's and he's like you say, he's, he's so got that sort of like, yeah, that sort of TV presenter like feel to him. Um, but every every time he talks, I want to I, I want to punch him in the face, which yeah. is exactly how you should be feeling about well, it. Well, you've got that, and then you've got him next to him is Kurt Fuller, who's like the most Kurt Fuller person in the world. <laughs> yeah, I just imagine in script now it says a Kurt Fuller type. Let's let's just get Kurt Fuller. <laughs> <laughs> I um I love the theme tune to the show as well, like the yeah. the actual music because it's so like jaunty and fabulous, <laughs> and it's for a show where it's like everybody's expecting at least one person to get murdered. Because <laughs> 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 like that's the outcome of the show every time, isn't it? Is like a prisoner gets murdered yeah. by some. Um, one of the things that I noticed this what this time watching uh because it's the f- this is the first time I think I've watched this since I've been watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And right. the first lady that they go to in the crowd uh, who requests um, Sub-Zero is Charlie's mom. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I, I was really thrown by that because I was like, why do I recognise this woman? It's Charlie's bloody mom. Um, but I love, I love all of that bit where it's sort of like juxtaposing um, Killian, like giving the giving her like all the you know the game the, the, the and prizes the, and the running man yeah, like the, <laughs> i want to know what the running man board game is and i want to play it <laughs> yeah because <It's> a... <laughs> i feel like in the 80s it wouldn't have been like now where where board games are like genuinely insane and there's so many rules and i don't know what the fuck i'm doing half the time i'm amazed I feel like, like funko hasn't released it well like there is like so I've played like a diehard game and I'm pretty sure there's there's a Ghostbusters game and they're like genuinely difficult uh like strategy games. Um so I feel like I feel like something like that could exist now, but I don't think it would be as much fun as whatever the version of the game would have been in the eighties yeah. <laughs> when they made that show. Um be like the Crystal Maze board game. <laughs> When I was younger, I was obsessed with playing the Crystal Maze on the computers at school. <laughs> I've got like, a really terrible like CD-ROM version of it. It's showing me age. Uh- <laughs> um, I, I am going to have to go back to something that we've completely glossed over, and it's heinous that yes. we've done it. And oh, that's gosh, Jesse Ventura's on. exercise video. Jesse Ventura generally. The way he pops up, it's just like, ooh. <laughs> I think we sent you the gift when we decided we were doing this film. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I... Uh, I have a vague recollection that Jesse Ventura might be a bit problematic. Don't take my word on that completely because I could. There's so many problematic people in Hollywood and stuff that maybe I've just got my wires crossed. Yeah, I mean, but it's I'm got really... to the point now where you have to be like, I'm aware they're problematic, but in the context of this film. <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, in the context of, yeah, in, in this movie, I really like his character because his character really, he really wants to just like 
have a genuine scrap with Arnie and be like, oh, his, kind of his speech about, about you know, yeah, there's, it used to be a thing about Arnie when he's walking in with all the stuff and he's like, I don't want this shit. I don't want any of this shit. I just want to pummel his stupid face in. And you're like, yes, that's so cool. But then also he's just like totally a corporate shill. Yeah. Like making exercise videos for sad, lonely women. <laughs> that to be fair, absolutely every lady in my house would have bought in the 80s if it really existed. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but yeah, he's, I do love all that. I like when... um. Uh, fireball. Mm-hmm. I, I do like when he gets called up. The look of concern on the two women that have been partying with him. Like, <laughs> I think like, he's fucking coming back. <laughs> yeah, even his face is sort of like, oh, do I have to? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, to be fair, at this point, I would, you know, if I was one of the stalkers, which I wouldn't be because I am completely useless in any sort of physical sense. Um, like, yeah. What if they gave you Dino's little buggy car though? See, now that was another thing I was going to bring up when we were talking about how shit the helicopter scene is, because that little tank, my <laughs> husband called it a tank, cannot be called a tank. I'm sorry, that is not a tank. It's like uh, Noddy for the apocalypse. It genuinely looks like somebody knocked it up in a media studies, like, you know, when you do media studies when you're 16 and you have to make yeah. like a two minute film on your school property for if 50 It's a cardboard with tinfoil on, I'm on a golf course. Yeah, cart. like it looks like somebody <laughs> spray painted some cardboard and just attached it to like two bicycles tied <laughs> together. Like it's so shit. It's so completely shit. I love it though. Like, because it looks, everything about Dynamo really makes me laugh because like the other, the other stalkers, although they've all got like outfits, do actually look a little bit menacing. Dynamo looks fucking silly. Yeah. <laughs> like so, so silly. Especially that, when like, he goes all rapey and he's in his wife fronts, but still with the fucking suit oh, on the top. Yeah, that's distressing. Like I was talking to my hubby about it and I was like, I get like, obviously I wouldn't want to be electrocuted by anyone. But I was like, there's no reason for him to look like an LED bunch of Christmas lights that got tangled into a knot in your drawer. Like, like a light's alive, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, it's it's so baffling to me that that's the avenue they went down. Especially because whenever you see like close-ups and he's in the light, so the actual LEDs don't really show that much, it just looks like a man covered in plastic and it's really <laughs> sad. Like, it's really sad. And it's a shame because I actually quite like that guy. And I like the idea of somebody coming out and being like, what's my superpower? It's fucking opera and electronics. I bet that. He is, <laughs> he is the classy stalker, isn't he? Yeah. Because yeah. he, does he does a bit of opera, brings a little, you know. Bit of pizzazz, bit of razzmatazz. Yeah. <laughs> bit of elegance into people's lives. Yeah. Uh, although I do love the bit when, um, so when he gets like, into a, a, a tank accident, she says, you know, in inverted commas. What was he thinking, um, though? Thinking he could drive up that? <laughs> mate, that didn't look like... that. Your tank is not going anywhere up that hill. What are you even thinking? But when Arnie, like, you know, shoves the rod sort of in the car so he can't really get out, and he starts just screaming, go to commercial! Cut! Go to commercial! And he's, like, losing his mind. I love that because that is so, like... just so, like, a twat thing to do. <laughs> Because um, the, the the interesting thing about this film is that you don't ever really get to see anything from the point of view of the stalkers themselves, except except Jesse Ventura to an extent. Yeah. Um, you're much more sort of like, obviously, 
you're supposed to side with Ben Richards and Vice and um uh oh god, why can't I remember her name now? What is my brain? Jesus uh, Amber. Amber, there you go. Um like you obviously you're supposed to side with them and you're supposed to hate Killian. Um <laughs> but like the stalkers for the most part almost just sort of exist and then just disappear. Like they're not they don't really get to have like you, you don't even really feel that. Well, no. By the time they get to Fireball, he doesn't even get a big introduction anymore. It's <laughs> no. like there he goes with his jetpack. Oh, off he pops. Um, and I, I, I always find that quite interesting because you could get caught up in the sort of minutiae of like, are they doing it for money? Are they doing it because they're like murderous assholes? Like, what's happening here? But the movie just goes for he's he's got a flamethrower. What more do you want? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, all right, yeah, do you know what? I don't need any more explanation for that. It's fine. <laughs> I do love, one, they get some amazing angles when they show the video of Ben killing and some people for, at the food riot. Yeah. Like, where did you get these angles from? <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's um, I mean, a lot of... I mean, yeah, you can look at that later on. Um, when they're going through um, Amber's sins. Oh, mate. When they're like, you know, she's had sex with multiple men it, and she was at college or something, but they go through all these things and they say the last one. Like, That's not true. The the thing that tickled me about that was when they're trying to make out that she's a bit of a slut, because obviously at the time that was quite an offensive thing to suggest that a woman might be actively having sex. Um, they they actually say two, even three men a year. <laughs> That's not what like if you watch a season of friends which ostensibly is supposed to be about a year every single one of them has gone on at least 53 dates yeah <laughs> like, oh, they're walking stds by the end of the season yeah like the idea that two even three men a year is like cool blimey what a promiscuous slag <laughs> brilliant she cheated on her high school test you're like all right <laughs> trying to make her look bad that's the worst you can do there's, so there's, there's one loose hanging thread from this film that i needed like closure on Ben mm-hmm. Richards does not seem to give a fuck about the fact his brother's gone no he doesn't does he he finds that his brother's gone and he's like fuck it we're going to Hawaii then Hawaii is and where do you get those clothes go. from because they fit him perfectly maybe his brother is similarly built and left some clothes there look I don't know <laughs> right I don't know I don't I mean, he looks I don't good like I, to... I want a holiday Ben Richards action figure that would be brilliant actually that, that he rocks that shirt. Brilliant. I do like his when she says about you know I could scream like, in this shirt. I doubt anybody'd hear you. <laughs> um, oh. I, I do love the tunnel going down into the game. It's very. It reminds me of when Bruce Wayne goes from his office to the Batcave in Batman Forever. Um, <laughs> it's, I do it's like that it's got those, a turn in it as well. It's one of those things that I love because it's completely pointless. Like they could just go down an elevator. They could just push him through a door. But no. <laughs> Like, he's got to go through these, like, terrifying tunnel. I tell you what I do think looks awful, though, and I feel really bad for the two actors. Is I know. I know what you're going to say, because I've got the same yeah, note. When the, t- when the two of them, so, like, he like goes in. Weiss, they look like they've been fucking caught having a shit. Oh, my God. They're like, they're, like, vertical, and they're, like, clearly hanging on these harnesses that are, like, digging into every crevice. I just thought, and, and boys They look looks like they've had really to use like a public he's gonna... to take a crap, and they're just hovering above it. It's that really uncomfortable position. He looks like he's going to be sick. The, the nerdy one, what? Yeah. He looks like he's going to be 
sick. Like, I, d- I wonder how long they were just hanging out there. Oh, it's, it's awful. Um, yeah, they do not make them look cool at all. No, not even a little did, bit. Did you notice as well they went for the Star Trek rule? What's that now? That uh, Arnie and Amber have got yellow jumpsuits and the two that die are in red. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Oh, wow. Red shirt oh, strike again. Yeah. Because they seem to have gone for the Star Trek rule and they've uh, gone for yeah. the Doctor Who rule of uh, sci-fi of just stick some future shit in a quarry. Do you know what? So one of the one of the only bad things I will say about this film, and it's not necessarily a bad thing, it's just a thing I don't quite understand, is so it, the way it works in my head is that that sort of area where all of these fights take place sort of belongs to that network that is, is it? ICN or something? I, I, uh, yeah, ICN. Um, like, because obviously there's like an ice rink just purely for Sub-Zero. <laughs> it's like, you know, uh, like areas that are blatantly for particular stalkers. Um, and so I assumed like that obviously belongs to that network and that's where they do all their running man nonsense. But so how and why is the resistance living there? How do they do that? Well, it's weird because the they seem to go down into the city, don't they? And it's just like, because they've got people on motorbikes to fence them into where they need them to go and direct them. Mm. But um, yeah, it's weird because there's obviously members of the public then around. And I, yeah, I can't work the geography of it out. I mean, it's yeah, genius, it's... the resistance hiding in the middle of the TV area. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, and and it's very handy, you know, for for later on when they get all the codes and stuff. Yeah, I mean that stuff is all really controlled. I do love that wherever Arnie finds like sanctuary with them, first thing he does is get a big fuck off cigar. <laughs> yeah. I love the I little mean, bits of like you know satire in this. I love the um, when Killian rings the Justice Department and asks the entertain- entertainment division. I love that Arnie gets a court appointed theatrical agent. <laughs> yeah i uh I, I do you know what there's so much stuff in this movie that doesn't really make any sense or it's just like very sort of plot convenient and well, yeah why hide the dead bodies of the people that like, oh my god to, had one actually and i know you you know you just see three dead bodies you wouldn't necessarily know who they were hmm. but and it's clearly in an area where there's cameras because they get to see um a fireball die well, this is so. This the cameras thing is is one of the things I wanted to talk about because I love the fact that the resistance within two minutes of having the codes, I've got a fully edited video about how everyone at this network is a shitter <laughs> with a voiceover and everything. I mean, to be fair, everybody at that network is a shitter. Her friend Amy, when they see Ben Richards walk by, goes straight to. Lucky he didn't kill you too. Rape you and kill you. Or kill you, then rape you. But she says it with that lustful thing of like, if I had to go. Well, yeah, she's definitely doing a sort of like, well, if I was going to die being raped, yeah. Like she's going to nip into her office and smash one out at the idea. She probably would, yeah. She seems like that kind of a lady. (laughs) (laughs) That that was the boob scene we didn't get, just her smashing one out (laughs) in the office. (laughs) Just going to town on herself, thinking about. Arnie's big beefy arms. Possibly choking herself at the same time. We've, no. What are you doing? That's the sequel. What are you doing? <laughs> that's the slash um, fiction that's getting written. <laughs> Running so, Man, Amy's story. 
<laughs> no, we don't need it. We don't need it. I'm skipping over the the sort of horrible deep fake stuff because that's actually genuinely troubling in our current. <laughs> well, yeah, especially as they clearly killed those two stunt doubles. Yeah, there's um, there's the yeah, there's a lot happening there that I don't I don't like to think too closely about because I'm quite a gullible person and I have to be very careful on the internet now because I'm likely to believe anything I see until somebody else goes no, Stace, no, <laughs> oh no, why? Um, so all of that sort of stuff really freaks me out. But I love I love the fact that um, the crowd sort of go from like booing Ben Richards when he doesn't kill Dynamo to being like genuinely glad that he's not gunning them down when he comes into the studio a bit later. I love that they um, boo him until they see him in yellow spandex and they start cheering for him. <laughs> oh, how could we not mention little old lady who calls him a one mean motherfucker because she's she's wonderful. <laughs> I love that. It's like I can choose I can pick anyone I choose and I choose Ben Richards. That boy's one mean motherfucker. Yeah, absolute what perfect delivery of that. And I can't believe I haven't mentioned this yet. The score by um Harold Faltermeyer yep. throughout the film. Like it's so good. It's got that sort of very eighties kind of synthy, um, you know, sort of spooky dystopian future kind of metallic sounding stuff um but then there's some like great little like accents like one of my favorite bits is when um when buzzsaw first comes out and there's some some proper like squiggly meagly guitar in in the background that's just like so wonderful um that's that score actually i listen to that soundtrack quite a lot and uh, there's some great, some really great pieces of music on that that just point. really suit the film. And that's why I find it so funny when the song kicks in at the end because it's so incongruous. The John Parr song. Again, you had Mick Fleetwood in your film. <laughs> like, so, because so, the end of this movie, I think, is kind of perfect. Like, I'm not the world's biggest fan of, like, unnecessary romance in movies, but that was, like, a huge thing in the 80s. So it's, like, it's fine that him and uh, Amber do a kiss and like stroll off into the metaphorical sunset. But like the, the film ends perfectly because he like basically blows up Killian. He's got that brilliant line where he's like, Oh, I drop dead. And he says, I don't do requests. <laughs> and it's just wonderful. Um, like it's so great. And then this cheesy ass fucking nonsense song comes in. That's yeah, so great. Eight is soft rock song to end an eight is movie on. Well, what's really funny about it is that me and Rich, this is the first time I've genuinely listened to the lyrics and like post them on Twitter or something when this episode comes out. It's got absolutely fuck all to do with anything that happens in this movie. There's one line where he goes, no pain, no gain. And that's about the closest you get to anything that relates to this movie. That seems to be the thing with um, John Parr songs to films because his uh, man in motion to St. Elmo's Fire has got fuck all to do with the film. It's a song about a disabled wheelchair Olympian or athlete or former vet or something. And you listen um, to it and it's like, you know, I think one of the lines is like, you know, I'm open, not flashing back to being in Nam. And it's like, this is about these yuppie prick 80s kids. I mean, it's a great <laughs> song and the video is amazing, especially the bit where Joe Reynolds sort of looks at him with disgust. And <laughs> Yeah, it's a, uh, it's it's just a, tr- it's such a such a baffling choice. But what I love is if you let the credits roll through until yes. that song finishes, it starts playing more commercials at you, which the, I think the, the is Renner great. The has been brought to you by a promo that plays over the end is superb. So good, like what a brilliant idea! That was the first um, time I saw that because I was jotting down notes while the song was playing and the credits were yeah. rolling. I've never got that far into it because 
you know, the 80s, you'd never really expected anything at the end of your movie, unless yeah, it was a yeah. Burt Reynolds cannibal run film when you knew there was outtakes. See, now I'm one of those losers that tends to try and sit and watch um, uh, the credits and not, <laughs> I'm not trying to make myself sound like one, like somebody who should be admired for, you know, trying to, um, you know, genuinely look at the names of everybody who, you know, really put all their all into making a movie. I play. I like to play a game where I try and find the rudest sounding name I can find <laughs> in the credits. Um, <laughs> so I'm not. I'm not being a nice person about it. I'm just being an idiot. But um, it does. It does reward you quite a lot because you'll often get like a little bit of music or a little clip of something that you weren't fully expecting. <laughs> um, but that the first time I saw that, that genuinely tickled me. Yeah. Um, what a way to end a movie. It is genius. And perfectly in keeping with the film. Like I say, it starts like a game show with the opening credit title card thing. Um, sort of talking about the end then. Do you think this film has a happy ending? I really want to know what happens next because obviously they've taken down the TV network. But there's yeah. still a government. Is the government going to bother with them or is the government just going to let them go back to their lives? I mean, Do you know what? I, what happened I to Ben's brother for fuck's sake? I'll be honest, I don't think I care. I think as soon as as soon as Killian gets his comeuppance and we get the uh, oh that really hit the spot, you know, joke because he's a, a spokesperson for Cadre Cola or whatever it's called. Yeah, what's in that fucking billboard that made it explode like that? <laughs> My husband said that when we were watching it the other day, which was just like, why did it explode? It was it wasn't even a car or anything that he was in. Like it's it's not like he was in something with an engine or any sort of bit that should have exploded. It's but like 21 Jump Street in there where they're shooting at things and nothing and just exploding and then they like shoot some chickens or something and it just makes a massive explosion. <laughs> you've got to, if you're an 80s action movie, you've got to have an explosion, at least one. Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> it was just such a bizarre thing. Like, I, what the fuck was behind that billboard? Yeah. It's 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 wonderful. I love I love a bit of an unnecessary explosion. <laughs> I'm also amazed that all those people that bet on Ben Richards and then when they had the deep fake of him dying and ripped at their things and then they found out he was alive wouldn't instantly turn on those <laughs> the guys taking the bets. The deep fake of him dying does upset me a little bit because I don't think it's anywhere near a good enough fight. Like when you've seen him just take on somebody with a chainsaw and basically shove it up his asshole. Like, like he wasn't going easy on a single person, <laughs> like any of the stalker. Well, I suppose he did leave Dynamo to uh, to not die, I guess. Um, but like, he literally lit a man on fire. Yeah. Like, I don't think hand to hand combat it'd be over that quickly. Like the way I mean, Amber makes some sort of sense because he literally just like breaks her neck and throws yeah. her at. Some... That's fucking horrible as well. Oh, it's awful. Like, that's the thing about this film, is that it is genuinely fun, but also it's fucking rough in places. Oh, it's fucking horrific, some of the violence. And like I say, some of the stuff, when you think about it, is even worse. Mm. But, I mean, Gen- yeah. it is, I'm especially with the, you know, they killed two fucking stunt doubles as well. I couldn't work mm. out when they take Arnie's face off of the stunt double whether the stunt double was somebody we'd seen before. No, I couldn't. I've never really been able to grasp that. But I have a real bad memory for like names and faces and things. So if I haven't seen somebody's face several times, I'm not going to remember who. He is. Yeah, I was looking at it. I was like, is it the guy who does his hair that kept pissing him off? Was it the cleaner? <laughs> I mean, neither of them had the body type to match Arnie anyway. No, I don't think so. No. <laughs> 
but it's weird. Imagine just that. having like an Arnie, like Arnie level dude, just knocking around your office and being like, "Oh, I'll do." <laughs> Could you imagine if that was now that, like, you hear about like the Fast and Furious thing where Vin Diesel's got it in his contract that he can't lose a fight, The Rock's got it in his contract that he can't lose a fight. This film would be mm. absolute shit. Yeah. Fair play well, to Arnie for taking a fucking beating several times in this film. I think that's one of the things I I genuinely like about it is that like you do feel that that him and the others are in some genuine peril <laughs> like a lot of the time. Uh I do feel bad actually for Weiss who sort of just gets a little bit electrocuted and then he's never seen again. <laughs> like yeah, oh he's dead. I, I kind of felt he they- died. I kind of felt they made a mistake killing those two off so close together. One yeah, possibly should have died in with a previous thing, and then you know Sub Zero maybe killed one of them. I know you needed Weiss to do the thing. Yeah. Um, I always I mean, like I Lachlan. Just... Let's face it; he, he was an African American man in an eighties action movie. He was never going to make it to the end. Yeah, and it's a shame because Yafet Koto is so good. He is. It's amazing he's in this part, to be honest, because it's such a thankless role. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> yeah, it's not much of a role it's for like anyone. You, you get to save Arnie, but not in like a really cool way, because you probably could have jumped out of the way yourself, to be fair. And we're gonna stretch you know this what? thing that makes it look like you've been caught having a shit. Yeah, the um the I've got a huge problem with a lot of like films and TV shows with that trope of like pushing somebody out of the way of danger but then just standing, standing in it yourself there to take it, yeah. it, just go with the momentum mate and leap like it just it, it does my fucking sweden but like you say they had to they had to kill somebody off and it weren't going to be on you was it <laughs> let's face it let's that's, face that's it. when you've got real determination being kind of like you know no you're gonna owe me a life down i'm gonna make you feel me saving your life you prick <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's so great though but like it's such a it, the, the problem that I have with those is that like the deaths of the stalkers are like really big deals. Like he really, you know, like wrapping Sub Zero's neck in like barbed wire and like yeah. janking it and stuff, and and like I say, shoving you know buzzsaws saw right up his asshole. Eh? Um, but then like those two, like Voice, just seems to get a little bit electrocuted and fall down, which also seems to happen to Amber, but she's fine. I think he takes the brunt of it, doesn't he? And she gets a side mm. blast of it, and then he does a little one to knock her out. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's... Really. <laughs> I don't quite out, under... How much gas do they pump into Arnie's fucking cell after they've done all those injections and stuff to him? Oh, mate. Like... Well, he's going to need it. Look at the size of him. I know. <laughs> It like pretty much fills the room. It's like you fucking suffocate, mm. Jesus. <laughs> I, I I wouldn't want to take the risk of under drugging him. Oh like no, no, in that position, I. Like, you know. <laughs> I'd rather accidentally kill him. I think. <laughs> like he, he wouldn't would... be the guy if he was coming up against me that I poke with the end of my gun. I'd shoot him. Yeah, no, uh, I wouldn't want anything to do with that show if he was no. on it. Um, not that I'd want anything to do with it anyway, because it's evil and awful. I but... do love that little voiceover thing that plays at the end of the credits about if you want to appear on the next episode of The Running Man. It's yeah. Like, it's like write to thing with your name, address and all that, and then go out and do something heinous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's such a, such, such a good film. I genuinely don't understand people who dislike this movie. I like... don't, because... I'll freely What's... admit it's possibly not a good movie in the grand scheme of things, but it's so fucking fun. It's so much fun. And, like, 
yes, it looks a bit cheap in places and stuff, but like everybody's like really bringing their A game performance wise, except for weirdly in that helicopter at the start when everybody seems to be genuinely phoning it in. Yeah. Um, but like there's so many brilliant lines. The score is great. The, uh, the, the kills are great for the most part. Like it's just, it's just one of these films that you can put on and I'll, I'll get totally lost in it. I won't let myself get distracted by anything else, even though I've seen it. I mean, I've got to be in the like twenties of times that I've seen this film now. <laughs> surely. Um, it's just, to me, it's like very close to being a perfect movie, even though it's a very imperfect movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like even, even the falls from more rats gets his little moment to shine where, where um, Killian's like all smug because he's walked out and he thinks he's going to protect him from Ben Richards. And then he's like, need to go get some steroids. And he just walks off. <laughs> what an exit that is. And I do, like, I do love that Arnie brings back the line, you know, one of us is in deep shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, yeah, the writing on this film is great, I think. even Like I say, even though a lot of it doesn't genuinely make sense. Um, <laughs> but I just, like... This is the kind of film that makes me wish I was in films, <laughs> even though I'm a terrible, terrible actress. But just to be like, I was in Running Man. Yeah. I just be able to say I was in Running Man. <laughs> I just like to be one of the people picking a fucking stalker. I do love the guy who can't decide between the two, so he gets both. Yeah, like what tickles me about that is that like Killian clearly thinks that that's like this is how I'm going to get Ben Richards. Ha ha! And then, well, that plan. Gets effed in the eye, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. I do love how they all realise that their fucking lives and careers are slowly getting fucked. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the uh, obviously, you know, that show wouldn't have continued anyway. But if, like, well, I wouldn't have thought, you know, <laughs> now that the, uh, the whole network's been brought down. But, like, if Arnie hadn't have won, like... Like, how on earth would you recruit more stalkers after that? <laughs> I'd yeah. be like, um... No, absolutely not. <laughs> Are you crazy? See, never chase more ratings because you've got nowhere left to go. That's the problem. Yeah. They peaked. But but yeah, I mean, sort of before we move on to like potential sequels, remakes, that sort of thing, is there anything else we uh, haven't covered other than Amber seeming to have a nasty habit of being grabbed by the ankle by people? Yeah, that's a, that's a typical... I mean... I never expect 80s movies to be particularly good in their representation of women, if I'm honest. Um, so I was quite happy with the fact that, like, she manages to get away from Dynamo herself, really. Yeah, um, I quite like that she took him out. It wasn't Arnie turning up and... And being like, oh, I'm so great, I've saved your life. Or Mick that would have made, rocking in and... That would have made uh, their snogging at the end extra weird as well because it would have felt like he was trying to you know, win her over with his manly ways. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't mind. Like, she's another character, because we talked about this with Commando as well, where, like, um, and I've forgotten her character name in that now, but there was a lot of people ragging on her uh, in Commando, saying, oh, she's pointless and she's just, like, annoying and whiny and whatever. And and a lot of people say the same thing about Amber in this film, and I don't, I don't really understand it because, like, I think you're supposed to be annoyed by her at first because she's supposed to appear to be a sort of vaguely, you know, vapid, exercise-obsessed, you know, 
lady who's just like wanting to like make money and live a life or whatever um but then the like the more she's in it she's like she's actually quite sensible <laughs> yeah she has an agency about her it's not like she's yeah yeah, like the fact that she even goes looking for the original Ben Richards footage is great, yeah. I think. Because like if that were me, especially after what's the face has just gone on about how he probably could have snapped my neck as soon as look at me and then and then do a rape on me. Like it, it I wouldn't have even I'd be like, Do you know what? I don't think I even want to be in this building. <laughs> like like there's no way I'd have been like, Maybe he's innocent though. Maybe I'll look maybe I'll look that footage up. Uh, the fact that she gets caught doing it because she's super blatant is a bit sad. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, she's helpful at the end. She remembers the codes. She gets a gun. She does a murder on Dynamo. Like, she's not just like a woman who's running around squealing and getting saved by Arnold the whole time, which I think is quite nice. So, yeah, that's my little feminist rant for. <laughs> I do like when she's being held hostage by Arnie at the beginning and she says about she does jingles and then tries to sell him on one she's done. It's like, you know, have you seen the, the, the I did the music for that? <laughs> I do like Arnie's little escape from prison workers outfit that he wears to yeah. go to his brother's apartment. It's a little orange hat. <laughs> it's quite adorable. It's like quite I say, adorable. you could have a whole line of Ben Richards dolls just based on his running man outfits. Mm. Well, ben quite... Yeah. What I find quite funny about him is that I feel like the instant his face was on TV, like everybody would have been like, there he is, if yeah. they'd have seen him, because look at him. How could you not? <laughs> There's no way you're mistaken for anyone else. <laughs> like, no, I mean, like... he's, he's a literal fucking man mountain. <laughs> yeah, he's a brick shithouse. Like, there's no, oh, my God. If I saw him in the airport, there wouldn't be a second until I was like, shit, that's Ben Richards. Go, go, leave now. We have to go. We're not going. Whatever holiday we're on, it's no more. Yeah, off, but he had sunglasses got. on, so it was fine. Sunglasses and a Hawaiian shirt that you could vom on, <laughs> which, uh, <laughs> I mean, I do love a good Hawaiian shirt. I, I didn't mind that Hawaiian shirt. I quite liked it. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, all right then so we sort of touched on it a couple of times but before we do the remake would you have liked to have seen a sequel no i don't care what happens after that film ends um i've got no interest in like you know what happens to society after everybody finds out that you know the media has been lying to them i don't care <laughs> well, yeah like, i mean it's kind of wherever you go it's going to be pretty bleak it's going to be bleak <laughs> and also there's like like I say, there's no way The Running Man as a show is continuing after that. Yeah. So, like, what would the sequel even be? Like, would it just be them pair on the run? And climbing that's for not... dollars. <laughs> it's just climbing. It's just hours of climbing for dollars. Um, yeah, no, I've got absolutely zero interest because I think that film, what I like about it is it comes in and it tells you a story, zero flab, here it is, job done, and it doesn't need anything else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I like I say, you sort of think about what what actually happens after we've gone to black, but then you're like, no, I don't want to know. Because it's, yeah, it's not going to be anything good. Um, no. um, obviously, we mentioned it as well, that there is, well, I say a remake, it's a re-adaptation of the book. It's meant to be closer to the book. I think Edgar Wright's attached to it. Yeah, I, uh, I saw this a while back, and I, uh, I don't know whether it's still a thing or not, because... Edgar Wright doesn't seem to have mentioned it, and this got announced in like 2019. I think it was before like 
yeah last night in Soho or whatever it was called and, and it was pre-pandemic as well which seemed to kill a lot of films off quite quickly yeah um and it's a shame actually because i because the 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 arnie version is so different from the book uh, I think you could easily do an adaptation of the book and it wouldn't have any impact on my thoughts or feelings about the Arnie movie because... Well, yeah, it's, it's a bit like the Total Recall totally, remake, isn't it? It's... it's an almost totally different story. And I think I like Edgar Wright as a director for the most part. I hated The Last Night in Soho, but... I've still not seen it. It's on my planner. I've just never got around to watching it. I won't say why I disliked it because it's actually a little bit of a spoiler. But the the plot wasn't for me the direction is fucking stunning though and like the yeah. cinematography a lot of the shots they get are just like you know when you watch a film and you think how the fuck did they do that yeah it's one of them There's a lot of that in it so visually it's uh it's very interesting but the plot itself was categorically not for stace um <laughs> but i like i like him as a director and i think he he seems to like a lot of sort of like thriller and horror and stuff himself so i think he would do it uh, i think he would do it justice but to me i think it would entirely hinge on the casting yeah i um, think they wouldn't be able to call it the running man either they'd have to go something they'd have to go down a more serious route i think if they were going uh for a closer adaptation to the book which i think lends itself to less of a fun cast <laughs> Yeah, I think that's where the Total Recall remake really suffered. Because I've watched it as a mm. film. It's fine. It's instantly forgettable. It's not a great movie, but it's perfectly fine. But it's yeah. just not the Arnie Total Recall. Yeah. It's like, so just don't call it Total Recall. Because again, I think they were skewering closer to the source material than the Arnie film did. Which is fair mm. enough. That's the way you're going to do it. That's the pretty much the only way you can do it. It's like readapting a comic book, isn't it? It's you can't do yeah. what Tim Burton did. You gotta do your own sort of thing and readapt it from something else. But um, yeah, I just think if they called it Running Man, it's a bit like the Robocop remake. Should have called it anything <laughs> but Robocop. <laughs> the problem with that sort of thing, though, is that I mean, I, I think I've seen the Robocop remake, but I can't remember a single thing about it. That's pretty much the Robocop remake. I think um, I've seen it. <laughs> I, th I feel like there was a scene where you get to see him just like as like basically like a brain and like one finger or something. Yeah, so he's like a hand, like, his lungs and his head. Yeah, like it's, it's very weird. Um, but like, but that, I think the problem with that is that if you hadn't called it Robocop, you'd called it anything else, people would be like, well, this is just a shit Robocop. <laughs> yeah. So I think they're damned if they do, damned if they don't. But I feel like... I feel like the book and the film in this case is so different that it wouldn't matter to me if they made another one and it was called The Running Man because I'm never going to not like this film. Nobody's going to say or do anything that's going to make me not like this film. Like, I fucking love it. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never so, got that mentality of like, oh, it's ruined the original film. It's like, has it? Fuck? Oh, mate. When everybody shit the bed about Lady Ghostbusters in 2016, it drove me insane because I was like, has somebody come to your house and drop kicked your copy of Ghostbusters out the fucking window? No, they haven't. Just shut up and watch that, you dumb. Oh, calm down. <laughs> the worst thing about that is that you can't really criticise that film now without people being like, yeah, you just hate fucking funny women. Yeah, it's... it's uh, like, I mean, no, I just I think it's a pretty good film. I really liked it, but more... I, it, it was fine. It was just so fucking aimless. 
yeah like I I really enjoyed it but for me it was more from a point of view of like if I'd have had this when I was a little girl I would have fucking lost my mind yeah so like I was appreciating a lot of angles from that sort of view (laughs) um I generally think that film could have worked perfectly if they say it within the continuity of the original two films I get why they wanted to do it with it was them coming up with the Ghostbusters thing but I think they could have done it in a way that if they tied it into that because it was almost a little bit like you know fuck what came before fuck that nonsense shit we'll get some pointless cameos in Mm. um but I mean, it's got moments in it. It's fine, but like I say, it's just because so much of it's improv that there's no real consistency to the characters. Mm. It's like Melissa McCarthy's character goes from being like the clever scientist person to like dumb as fuck to having no sexual interest in um, oh Chris Hemsworth to fucking being all googly eyed and drooly at him. The next minute, it's like just a bit of consistency. Yeah, it's just, not. It's I, not perfect, but it's bit. enjoyable. <laughs> I mean, the original Ghostbusters isn't perfect. And, no, it's not. And, and now you look at it now, it's even more troubling. It's like, when on that there's date, you ghost... drugs with him? There's a ghost rape. There's a ghost rape. Yeah. Um... <laughs> yeah, but it's a anyway... female ghost doing it to a man. That's completely different. Oh, cool, blimey. That's equality, that is. That's, um... <laughs> that's the <laughs> fantasy, that is. Oh, that's the equality we've been fighting for. Ooh. You don't hear Ray complaining um, about being raped by a female ghost. I don't know what ladies' problems is, to be honest. I mean, he seems to be quite enjoying it. But anyway, the it's so weird man, to think that's a fucking PG film. Truly baffling. Truly, truly baffling. The, the ghosts are wonderful. Scary. The ghosts in it are genuinely scary. <laughs> I mean, it's even worse when you realise that Dan Aykroyd was a co-writer on it. Mm. He's like, I want this scene. I want this scene where I get a blowy from a Playmate model who's a ghost. It's like, yeah, sure, Dan. Yeah, chuck it in. I mean, it's a kid's film, but whatever. Pop it in. No, no, no. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Ugh. It'll be fine. Who doesn't love seeing the, the hero on the screen getting a blowjob? <laughs> Me. <laughs> anyway, The Running Man. <laughs> that's what this film was missing. <laughs> no, it wasn't. That's That's why this film was great. That's why no Amy was very disappointed. <laughs> oh, God. Right, um, come on. Right. Let's talk. I'd watch the Edgar Wright one if, if it ever happens. But, uh, oh, I'd, I'd watch it. So. And it wouldn't ruin my childhood if it was shit. Or different. Or didn't live up to expectations. Or... Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd quite happily embrace it as an as a extra thing I can enjoy if it's any good. Yeah. I, again, I'd rather. I say it a lot about films. I'd rather they took a swing and missed. Yeah. Than it forever be that thing in your head of like, how awesome could it have been though? Mm. Yeah. Because again, if they come at it more from that dystopian future angle, I mean, the only problem with it possibly at the moment is that deep fakes, fake news, and let's face it, Trumpian Trumpism yeah. has kind of ruined all that shit for you to go and watch a film at it. Yeah, let's escape from real life and go and watch this new Running Man film that's exactly like watching Just that CNN. in the book. It's more about like Ben Richards, Ben Richards' medical procedure. But again, that's another thing that's probably a bit too on the nose for a lot of people currently as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, because, you know, the cost of living and all that in medical stuff, especially in America, are dreadful. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you'd have to watch it when you're in a particular mood, I think. 
Because I think that's the good thing about the tone of this film is that even though it is about a lot of stuff that is genuinely scary to me in my current life, like it's so silly that you can't, you don't get hung up on the like, I can't believe they're duping people like this. Like you don't get hung up on that because you're too busy going, ah, Bussell had to split. Do you get it? He had to split because he sold him enough. Do you get it? Like, yeah. I do know. (laughs) Did you need me to explain every joke? Because I can. I can do that. (laughs) I'm so busy trying to work out the angle that Saul moves at. Yeah. I love how as well, like, I know that in film you're not allowed to have, like, saws, chainsaws, water working anywhere near, like, actual people. But they don't even try in some of the shots to make it look like it's on. (laughs) Yeah, no, because you can see the blades not moving. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I don't care. I genuinely don't care. I was going to let that slide. I wasn't going to be picky on that one. They could CGI it now, but... This is one of those films that, like... If the film itself was bad, then all of these little nitpicks that I have would drive me insane. But because it's so, like, it's just put together in such a perfect, like, like I say, it's not flabby. Everybody's doing a really good job. Like, uh, you you can really get behind, like, hating Killian and, like, you really get behind the, the rebels and the resistance and all of this stuff. Like, it's just so, like, cool. <laughs> um even though it's like 80s cool, if that makes sense. I love like 80s visions yeah. of the future technology where everything is still like a big chonking, honking box. <laughs> like nobody in the 80s ever thought that maybe one of our first priorities for tech would be let's make it a little bit less fucking cumbersome. <laughs> I know. How big are the fucking telephones? They're like oh, twice they're as long and weirdly circular. At, Again, is, I, in- I imagine Amy possibly snuck off to the office to use that for... <laughs> Not phone call related reasons. Let's stop talking about her. No, god damn it, she's the unsung hero of this film. <laughs> that woman has a story that needs to be told. There's clearly trauma there. I don't think we need a movie of that life. She is that classic 80s movie female best friend, and she was fucking obsessed mm. with dark sex and you know. well, like not to bring it back to the turtles again, but I've recently started rewatching the eighties uh, cartoon and I'd forgotten how completely man hungry Irma is. Yeah. And I absolutely love it a bit. Like every scene she's in, she's like, April, April, can you get me a date? April, have you thought about getting me a date? Have you got, have you dated anyone? I'll have you sloppy seconds. I don't even care. I'll date a robot. Look, I'll date one of the turtles. I, I don't say, care. Irma would fuck a turtle. She tries to, she keeps talking to April about it. She's like, can I have his number, please? I'll, I'll do it. I don't mind. And I'm like, first of all, they're teenagers. Quit being creepy. Uh, you're you're a grown ass woman. <laughs> Secondly, calm down and think about something else for a change. Well, I will say, Irma with Michael mm-hmm. Bay, Michelangelo, it'd happen. It would happen. It would. Wouldn't it? Oh no, that's a fanfic waiting to happen. You wouldn't. Know, you wouldn't know who was more of a sex pest, to be honest. <laughs> oh, I don't want to think about it. Yeah. Right, let's move on. What's the next bit that we well, do in this podcast? I, I, I think I think we've covered the film, so <laughs> I think we have. You believe this shit? Twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week. Don't listen to it. I worry about the kids. The network shuts down the schools. The kids are either in hiding or getting basic training, brainwashed by the TV. We can jam the network once we find the uplink to the satellite. Then we'll broadcast the truth. Truth. Hasn't been very popular lately. 
Can't find the code or the uplink. Don't know where the network hit something that big, but they managed. Ah, uh, Stevie, would you mind? Goodbye, my lovely. <laughs> You're one of the cops who locked up all my friends, burned my songs. People like you took this country and turned it into a jail. We don't want his death on our hands. He's a cop. He's the butcher of Bakersfield. Come on, Mick. You can see through that crap. It's network propaganda. We don't know that. We know we wouldn't be here if he hadn't helped us. We also know he's not one of us. Perhaps now he's seen too much. I've seen too much? All I've seen is a bunch of low foreheads who think they can change the world with dreams and talk. It's too late for that. If you're not ready to act, give me a break and shut up. Nothing worth losing your head over, though, huh? You got it. So, yeah, um, I, I have a set of questions I like to ask guests when they're on for the second time. I know this is technically your third time, but we don't do them in specials, so... So yeah, if, if you fancy answering the movie of your life questions. Yeah, of course. Awesome. Right then. Good news, Stace. Hollywood has greenlit a movie of your life and they've given Hold you complete creative control. Uh, so they'd like <laughs> to know the following things. Will it be fact, fiction, or a mixture of the two? So I'm going to say exaggerated fact in that it's going to be fact, but it's going to be way more interesting than my actual life. <laughs> So we're, we're going to play it up for, for effect <laughs> and maybe add in a few things that are more interesting than things that actually ever happened to me. Yeah, yeah, I th yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You've only got to look at any biopic, even like, you know, Elvis, they have to fucking jazz it up a bit. Well, I was going to say, I mean, what I would like to go for, if you've seen it, is something a little bit like the, the recent Weird Al one that came out. Yes. Where it's like largely fact, but also absolutely a load of nonsense. <laughs> It's like taking down drug cartels and whatever. Like, yeah, of course. I love that film, but they took it slightly too far with that bit. I thought that was oh, when I, I really I lost it a little bit. Oh no, I was genuinely like fully, fully laughing out loud at that. I loved it. It, it was still great, but I was just kind of like, it's a smidge too far. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> all right, then, uh, what genre is it? So it's going to be a comedy, right? But I don't want it to be too absurd. So it's going to be one of those like adorable, relatable, gentle comedies. <laughs> if that makes any sort of sense where so, you're going to watch it and you're going to think I'm very funny and adorable and you're going to want to date me. Like that's that's the aim that I'm going for. <laughs> like, you know, I must love dogs. I get it. I get it. I've never seen that, but sure. I have. Uh, and I couldn't tell you anything about it except that John Cusack <laughs> and Diane Lane are in it and they're both adorable. Fair. Um, That's absolutely fair. Who's playing you? Now, I had a real hard time with this and I sat down and I really thought about it because I wanted it to be a fat actress because I'm fat and I don't want to skinnyfy myself for Hollywood or for no one but myself. Uh, uh, but that really limited my options because <laughs> there aren't that many of them. Uh, so I went with A.D. Bryant because okay. she's a comedian. And she's on the plus side. And I don't know if you've ever seen Shrill, the TV show that she was in. No. Uh, oh, absolutely brilliant. She's really amazing. Um, so, yeah, 
Ada Bryant for me, please. Awesome. All right, then. Who's playing your love interest? Either your real-life husband or a love interest that's made up for the film. So I asked my husband who, who he would like to play him, and he chose two separate uh, choices. Neither were based on, like, looks or anything. The first was based on the idea of the genre being a comedy uh, and therefore him wanting to be funny. Um, so he said if it was going to be slightly absurd and a bit daft, then Tim Robinson... <laughs> yeah, who I absolutely adore so I would be very happy with him being my love interest in a movie he said but if you wanted it to be a bit more of a still still funny but a bit more of a straight man to my comedic lead then Adam Scott who's also yeah. a very attractive man so I'm quite happy with both of those choices but if you were to ask me personally I would say Ben Schwartz just so I'd get to be on set with Ben Schwartz <laughs> yeah. really I've just picked two leads that I fancy <laughs> <laughs> and they happen to both be really talented, so it's fine. <laughs> well, I mean, one of them was Sonic the Hedgehog as well, so. One of them was Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, that's weird. I don't know what that says about me. He <laughs> <laughs> was Sonic the Hedgehog, Dewey Duck, and uh, Leonardo in Rise of the Team. I was going to say, he was. All the Blue Boys. Turtle things as well, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Right. All right, then. Who's directing the film? Greta Gerwig. <laughs> nice, I can see it. Yeah. Me too. Um, I'm so excited for the Barbie movie. It's ridiculous. So, See, I am. I've deliberately not watched the trailers for it. I kind of want to go in cold. Oh, the trailer's amazing. But I won't. Obviously, I'm not going to push uh, because I'm not an arsehole. Do what you want to do, mate. I'm sure I'll catch it at some point. I'll go and see some at the cinema and it'll be in. I'm not like, it's... you know, being pure about it. I've just deliberately not sought it out. Yeah. If, if I it did see out... it, I'm not going to like, you know, scream and have a tantrum. It comes out the week of my hubby's birthday, so we're <laughs> that's what we're going to see on his birthday, I think. It's <laughs> fair. Yeah, I think so. Well, you know, it's got Ryan Gosling in it for him, so who doesn't I mean, love a bit of I, Ryan Gosling? I cannot fathom a more attractive movie for me to sit and spend my time looking at than Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling. Like, I if even if the movie's shit, at least I've been looking at them for a couple of hours. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Um. All right, who's doing the score and or soundtrack a la a Prince Batman soundtrack, Madonna's Dick Tracy soundtrack, tie an album thing? So I couldn't decide in terms of a soundtrack because there's just too many like bands and musicians that I think are great. So instead I wanted to just go with a score and I think I'm hiring Ludwig Joransson for that. Nice. Who uh, does the score for The Mandalorian, but, and you might be thinking, Stace, you just said you're making a relatable comedy, not a fucking sci-fi space drama. Um, but Ludwig Joransson also did the soundtracks to, well, the score to Community. So, dude's got range. He's got a lot of range. <laughs> so much range. Um, and again, he's, it's he's just the another next one of those. Hans Zimmer. It's only a matter of time. Yeah, I, it, it's another one of those where really I just want to get to meet somebody I really admire in that field. <laughs> he did the Black Panther score as well, which is amazing. <gasps> yes, yes. Half the reason did. I bought yeah, a record great. player was so I could get that because you could only get it on vinyl. Yeah, it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Because, you know, if I don't physically own something, it doesn't exist. <laughs> Everybody's like, you know, Spotify exists. Like, yeah, that's great for podcasts, but... <laughs> yeah, I've I'm, started I'm playing the same vinyl. fucking song over and over again. Mm, I've started buying vinyls just because I feel bad that I don't really go to gigs and things much anymore. <laughs> See, I got it because, like, film scores became a weird niche thing that only got released on vinyl. They re-released mm. the Turtles 1 and 2 on vinyl. 
I was like, well, I'm fucking oh. getting those with um, <laughs> Kevin Eastman cover art. Oh, nice. Yeah, they're lovely. I love his art so much. Oh, no, that's going to end up on my bloody wish list now. Thanks, mate. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not sorry. Fuck it. If you can find them, buy them. <laughs> Be happy. Fuck's sake. <laughs> All right, then. And the last question, what's the title of the film? Well, I actually can't remember if I said this at the start of the podcast now, but my husband suggested this as a, as a movie title for my life because it is something that he's adamant nobody else in the world ever says. And whenever people ask me if I'm all right and I'm actually doing kind of all right, I'll say, not too shabby, thanks. So uh, so he thinks I should call the movie Not Too Shabby. I like it. Yeah, which uh, I think is, again, another relatable title. But if anybody else in the world uses the term not too shabby, like, do let me know, because I am starting to feel a bit self-conscious about it. I'm worried now that I did say it at the start of this show and it'd be really embarrassing for me. <laughs> Possibly, I can't remember. I'm, I'm sure other people say not too shabby. I've probably said it at one point, not like as a regular. Surely. It can't be a purely stace thing. But a lot of people pull me up on the fact that I talk very weirdly uh, in the sense <laughs> that I'll use like, like words from that their past like um, I said toodaloo on a, on a team's call at work the other day and everybody burst out laughing, like, what fucking decade are you from? I'm like, oh, oh sorry. Is it the sorry. not in the daisy thing? <laughs> uh, I also really like calling people scallywags, but <laughs> See, I like... I'm very weird. <laughs> I'm very I sorry. Like, I like calling people oiks until it turned out Boris Johnson also calls people oiks, and I was like, nah, that word's been ruined. Oh ruined it it's ruined it it's ruined it absolutely it. gone to shit bastard but to but, be fair, I mean, that's the worst thing he's ever done so that's fine <laughs> absolutely yeah <laughs> to be fair i would go and see not too shabby uh if i'm honest i don't know who's writing it but somebody very funny i've decided <laughs> uh and it's going to be the funniest film you've ever seen <clears throat> that's point. i never asked the question who's writing it i probably should <laughs> but it's like where do you draw the line it's like who's going to be the yeah. key grip who's the best boy <laughs> <laughs> who's the cinematographer um <laughs> oh dear awesome so um what's what's coming up with you what's in the pipeline obviously the podcasts the uh never seen yeah i've got podcasts up the wazoo um you can find you can find me on my own podcast stacy's pop culture parlor which is on all the good podcasting things except spotify for, because for some reason it doesn't like me um uh or you can find me on the never seen podcast which again is pretty much everywhere i think uh where myself and my good friends jenny and lee talk about movies that at least one of us has never seen before and the others forced them to watch um, is that one yes, on spotify I, I don't i don't know i don't know i think i'm trying looking for it and never seen a bit like and why not is one of those things that it's so generic that it will just chuck it's, up yeah. any word with those well, we were genuinely surprised that there wasn't a, a podcast already just called Never Seen, but there's there's like Never Seen It, Never Seen That. I've never seen. Yeah. <laughs> there's like so many different versions. So we were just like, just fuck off all the other words. Never Seen, that'll do. Well, like um, I said, I thought I was so clever coming up with and why not, forgetting that any variation of those three words will now fucking completely ruin that search filter. <laughs> Yeah, I, I do slightly regret calling my podcast Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour because it does get me a lot of porn bots on uh, pretty much anything. Just having the word parlour in it apparently makes it sexy, yeah. um, which which I was never intending for it to do. Um, you can also find me on Stace and Barry in the Morning, which is on the Geek Syndicate Network, uh, where myself and my good friend Barry 
spend half an hour talking geeky bollocks. Former guest um, on this show, Barry. I love, I love we, we Barry. We talk the Rocketeer. He's he's my podcasting big brother. Yeah, and I love him. Yeah, he's Barry's the reason great. I have a podcast. So like you know you can blame him for this. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Stacey's Parlor if you'd like to hear more of my inane ramblings. And TMNT love. Oh my god! Oh my god! I can't wait till Mutant Mayhem comes out so I can record an episode of podcast in a half shell. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. That's awesome. I mean, I'll put all the links in the show notes and everything. So hopefully, <laughs> not. We've had this conversation before. Does anybody ever actually go to the show notes? I don't think so. <laughs> I think I've done it once when I was looking for a book that they talked about on a podcast. Nice. But otherwise, yeah, I don't think I ever have actually looked. Well, unless, you know, I'm like, I can't believe they fucking ruined that. And then I'm like, oh no, they did put it in the show notes. I probably should have put that first. <laughs> but, but anyway, I'm off to write the Running Man Amy's story. <laughs> I'm off to never watch that. <laughs> We're talking about it and sending you the scripts. What do you think of this sure. one? Have I gone too far? <laughs> Maybe just a smidge. <laughs> Ooh, that could be the subtitle. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like that you're taking my complete disdain for this idea and, and just running with it as a some weird endorsement somehow. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Carefully edit this together. I'll, I'll have the verbal proof I need. <laughs> I've seen the you... running man. I know how to manipulate clips. Absolute rapscallion. <laughs> and on that bombshell. <laughs> Cheers, Steve. Oh, thanks for having me again. It's no <laughs> Take care, see ya. Bye. You look pissed, Ben. Believe me, you got every right to be. But hey, will you will you just let me explain? This is television, that's all it is. It's nothing to do with people, it's to do with the ratings. For 50 years, we've told them what to eat, what to drink, what to wear. For Christ's sake, Ben, don't you understand? Americans love television. They wean their kids on it. Listen, they love game shows, they love wrestling, they love sports, violence. So what do we do? We give them what they want. We're number one, Ben. That's all that counts. Believe me, I've been in the business 30 years. Well, I haven't been in show business as long as you have, Killian. But I'm a quick learner. So I'm going to give the audience what I think they want. <laughs> you bastard. Drop dead. I don't do requests. hit the spot.
was The Running Man. And why not? I'd like to thank Stacey for joining me on the episode to talk about the film. Please do check out the show notes for links to Stacey's pop culture podcast, uh, which I've been a guest on recently, and the Never Seen podcast. At the time of recording, Running Man is available in the UK on DVD and Blu-ray from Fabulous and on 4K from Paramount. It's also available to rent or buy digitally from Prime Video or YouTube. We put a shout-out on the socials for your thoughts on and memories of seeing the film, and we had a few replies. Ross Beamish over on the Am Why Not Facebook group said, Another great late 80s, 90s cultural satire a la Robocop and Starship Troopers. They don't make them like this anymore. Mr. Forp on Instagram said, One of the greatest movies of all time. And at the VHS Abyss on Twitter said, Recently rewatched this. Massively underrated with awesome characters and an intriguing storyline. Memorable action set pieces and plenty of corny one-liners. Often overlooked due to the amount of movies he starred in during this period. Thanks for the comments. If you'd like to let us know your thoughts on the film, you can get involved in the conversation review this episode posted on our social media channels. So if you aren't already, give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram, or why not join the Am Why Not group over on Facebook. Not only will we be kept up to date of what episodes are coming up, and have the chance to contribute to them, but we also post our picks of three great movies to check out on each week on Freeview TV. If you fancy joining us, just search Am Why Not Pod on social media, or check the links in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode and be positive to do so, please give the episode a share and tell your friends about it. Why not give the series a follow or subscribe over on Acast or wherever you listen to the episodes? If you're feeling super generous, we'd be grateful of a rating or a review if you have a second or two to spare. Or if you don't, we're just grateful you spent the time listening to us. If you've missed any Am Why Not episodes so far, you can find them on our podcast channel over on Acast, Apple Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, or on our website at hauntednerds.com. In the meantime, we're back on Tuesday, 30th of May, where I'll be joined by Jalen Salah as we discuss the 1997 Ron Howard thriller, Ransom. But until then, this has been a News of Haunted Themselves production, and I've been Stuart Moraine. Thank you for listening, and remember, I had the shirt for it, but you fucked it up. Bye for now. The Running Man has been brought to you by Breakaway Paramilitary Uniforms, Ortho Pure Procreation Pills, and Cadre Cola. It hits the spot. Promotional considerations paid for by Kelton Flamethrowers, Wainwright Electrical Launchers, and Hammond and Gates Chainsaws. Damon Gilligan's Wardrobe by Chez Antoine. 19th century craftsmanship for the 21st century man. Cadre Trooper and Studio Guard sidearms provided by Colchester, the Pistol of Patriots. Remember, tickets for the ICS Studio Tour are always available for Class A citizens in good standing. If you'd like to be a contestant on The Running Man, send a self-addressed stamped envelope to ICS Talent Hunt, care of your local affiliate, and then go out and do something really despicable. I'm Phil Hilton. Good night and take care.